Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Pork Chop Robinson, Ian, Ooh. said that when he was born, he was 14 pounds. And that's when his mother gave him the name Pork Chop. 14 pounds. Is that possible? That dude is a beast, by the way. I mean, he, he, he 254 is a pounds. He ran a 448. I hope she had a C section, by the way. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, of course. Oh, bless that woman, is all I know. Bless that woman. Goodness, every part of my body hurts just thinking about a 14 pound baby. I digress. We are learning all sorts of stuff at the NFL Combine. Amber and Ian presented by Progressive Insurance at Ian Fitz ESPN is how you find him. At Amber W Sports is how you find me. It is draft analysis season. We got Mel's 2.0 yesterday. Let's bring in some help with all things NFL draft. Jordan Reed, ESPN NFL draft analyst, kind enough to join us. And Jordan, thanks for your time. What are the chances that Caleb is not actually the number one overall pick when April rolls around? Oh, I would be really surprised if Caleb is not the number one overall pick just because that's where things seem to be trending right now. And I think we'll get an answer as far as what's going to happen with Justin Fields before free agency. So in the next two weeks, but I would be really surprised if Caleb isn't the number one overall pick. That's where things are trending right now. Yeah, Jordan, uh, by the way, Jordan Reed, it will be uh, part of our draft coverage here on ESPN Radio. We bring him in for day three because if you, we have need any analysis on a corner out of, like, Bethune-Cookman, Jordan's got it. So, I mean, <laughs> we have him do the heavy lifting on day three with Tannenbaum, Chris Canty, and uh, Chris Carlin and I. Jordan, when it comes to the these top three quarterbacks in Caleb Williams, Jaden Daniels, Drake May. A lot of it is in the eye of the beholder. Orlovsky said today he'd take Jaden Daniels number one. Tim Hasselback likes Drake May. I personally like Caleb Williams. So you believe Caleb's going number one overall, but which one would you prefer for the next 10 years as your franchise quarterback? It would be Caleb. Um, I think Caleb just has a different type of skill set than those other two guys. And, yes, I know it may not be as polished from the pocket as Jaden and Drake, But if you're talking about the culmination and the combination of the traits and then just the upside that he does have, I think Caleb has a chance to be really special even early on in his rookie season. But the thing that Caleb has to do and get better at is just being more consistent with playing within structure. But he has a lot of those out-of-structure plays that you love to see just because that's where the game is really trending nowadays. You have to be able to create and stretch the limits of the playbook just because long gone are the days of where you strictly dissect and defeat defenses just with accuracy in your mind. So you have to be able to win outside of structure, and that's what Caleb specializes in. Is it concerning at all, Jordan? Because it hasn't seemed to matter in terms of his draft stock. Is it concerning at all that USC was an underperforming team overall? And I know Ian will go on a rant about the defense, and it's not Caleb's fault. But I'm just not used to these generational can't-miss number one picks coming from teams that are mediocre at best. Not really, just because, I mean, the defense was giving up 35 to 40-plus points a game. So what he was having to overcome, he that was a really a struggle for him. And what I call Superman mode, he always had that Superman cape on all the time. So what happened a lot of times is that it would be an overdrive. And when he gets in that overdrive mode, it becomes a habit. So in the NFL, 
things are going to be much easier for him as far as playing in structure. Now the timing of everything is going to be faster, but what he's got to learn is just be more patient and don't get bored with the easy throws. I think that's the next step of his development. Jordan Reed, ESPN NFL draft analyst. He'll be with us on our draft coverage uh, live from Detroit on here on ESPN Radio uh, here on Amber and Ian. And, and Jordan, as far as the next guy, you know, most people have J.J. McCarthy. Is he that next quarterback off the board for you? And if he is, how hard was he to evaluate just because he didn't play in, what, seven fourth quarters this year and, and in, in some games really didn't even throw the ball in ten times? See Penn State. Yeah, he, he he's one of the hardest evaluations, not just this year, but of any – a top-ranked quarterback that I have seen over the past five years just because the sample size is so small. So in 28 career starts, he's only had 25 or more passing attempts in 12 of those games, which is a very, very limited number. And it's hard to blame Michigan just because their running game was so dominant. So they're going to do what they have to do to win games. So what you have to do is really contextualize what he did during those throwing attempts. So he was very efficient. That's one word I would use to describe J.J. He's very efficient off the play action. He can play within structure, and he's very mobile as well. So what I love to call the thrill of the unknown, that's what NFL coaches love to do just because they feel as if they can uncover that next stage of J.J.'s development. So they're going to find um, they're going to find a lot of intriguing things with J.J., and they're going to embrace the thrill of the unknown, especially when they feel as if there's another layer as far as what they can uncover with his development on the next level. Jordan, are you in Indianapolis at the Combine? Yeah, I'm actually inside Lucas Oil Stadium right now. Okay, well, hey, thank <laughs> you for, for joining Amber and Ian from Inside Lucas Oil. Uh, that works for us. So you're obviously watching these prospects then start their workouts today. Throughout this Combine week, who has really started to jump off the page to you that maybe you didn't expect? Yeah, so D-line and linebackers went today. Um, there were a couple guys that did stand out. One was Braden Fisk of Florida State. I thought he was the best performer of anybody today. He ended up running uh, four seven eight, which is one of the fastest times that he have ever seen for somebody at that size. And he has a really interesting story. So last year was his first year at Florida State. But prior to that point, he actually started for four years at Western Michigan. So he's one of those players that took advantage of the transport portal, moving on from group of five up into the FBS level, and it really has helped him. And then another player is Byron Murphy, the second of Texas, and he was expected to be a freak show coming in, and he definitely lived up to those expectations. Hey, what about Peyton Wilson? I mean, what, what am I missing here? Because I, every every draft I see or a mock draft, he's going in the second round, and the linebacker of NC State, folks, he's just I – mean, you know, when we when I ran into you at the Senior Bowl, I, I went and talked to everyone from Mike Norvell to Dabo Swinney, to like, man, get that guy out of here. I mean, I'm sick of playing him. And Norvell yeah. didn't play him last year. And he's like, get him out of here, right? So – why? Yeah. What am I missing on Peyton Wilson, who ran a four four today? By the way, the, the ability is not the question with him. Ian, it's just the durability piece. Him having uh, two season-ending injuries, it being his sixth year at NC State. There's a lot of teams that may red flag him from a medical standpoint. Would you? And there's going to be some teams that don't have him on their draft board as a result of that. Now he's my third-ranked linebacker, and I don't feel comfortable taking him in the second round. But there's just going to be some teams that aren't comfortable with the durability aspect of it. But when you cut on the tape, it doesn't take long to find number 11 in red. I mean, he is everywhere on the field. So it just comes down to a durability aspect and just how comfortable you are moving on. What about, you know, every scout has got a a handful of guys, as you know better than anybody, that they're hoping just stink up the joint at the combine to have their stock drop even lower so they can go snag them. 
Chris Braswell, to me, he ran a 4-6 today, a linebacker out of Alabama. How many scouts were going, yes, not that fast? <laughs> well, it's, it's still a good time for him, though. It well, is. Anderson ran 4-6-1. So, I'm sure that's something they'll be talking about and texting back and forth with each other, saying Chris saying he ran a faster time than him. So, 4-6 isn't a super bad time for him. Um, I was expecting him to be a little bit faster, but 4-6 is still a good time for Braswell. Who, who's a, who are a couple players that – if you were an NFL scout, you're hoping that they don't shine at the combine and 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 drop a bit on some other teams' boards, but not yours. Yeah, I'm really excited to see these corners tomorrow, and there's a couple. If I uh, was in a draft room, I'm hoping that they don't perform well tomorrow. Um, Kool-Aid McKinstry is one of Alabama. I don't know if Kool-Aid is going to run the 40 or not. He hasn't said anything in his representation. I haven't said anything as far as what he's going to do from a workout standpoint, but I mean, even if he doesn't, um, he's one of those guys I think is worthy of a first-round pick. Um, I'm very high on him. And then another is Cam Hart of Notre Dame. Um, I'm a big fan of him as well. He actually was a receiver when he first got to Notre Dame, and he made the switch over uh, to cornerback. And, he, you know, he's battled some durability issues, but um, last year he finally stayed healthy and he had a breakout season. Jordan Reed with boots on the ground in Lucas Oil Stadium, in Indianapolis, Indiana, ESPN's NFL draft analyst. Jordan, thanks for calling us from there, taking, taking up some Thank of you your precious time at the Combine. We appreciate you. <laughs> no problem. Thank you guys as always. See you, Jordan. You guys awesome. Coming, coming up next here on Amber and Ian. There won't be another February 29th for four years. It is a leap day, people. So what is going to happen in sports before the next leap day? That's next here on ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is a leap year, which means that today, February 29th, leap day happens only once every four years, Ian Fitzsimmons. There are people today who are, I think it's, isn't it Tyrese Halliburton who's born, I should look that up, I should have that in front of me, who's like turning five today, <laughs> I think, because... I was almost a leap year. I, yeah, I was almost a leap year kid. Uh, I was born in '72, and uh, on February 26th. And my older brother, God rest his soul, Brendan, he was born on April Fool's Day. Uh, yeah, Halliburton. Our producer Terry Sulejewski said, "You're right. You're spot on." Halliburton. Yeah, leap a, day a leap in 2000. Day. Halliburton was born. He's 24 years old. A happy birthday, Tyrese. You haven't gotten to. Uh, celebrate six. many of them by any right. means. Yeah, this is your si- happy sixth birthday. <laughs> so my older brother was born on, on April Fool's Day. And, you know, the, the first kid to uh, Brady and Jerry Fitzsimmons. And he, my dad actually told my mom, you have to hang on for a few more hours. My firstborn is not going to be born on April Fool's Day. And she looked at him and went, hey, you son of a bleep. This, this kid's coming out yeah. right now. I Ain't mean, your you decision. Right. This <laughs> is happening. <laughs> and he's being born right now, right on April Fool's Day. So second kid is now a leap year. And he's like, are we going to have a leap year, baby? She goes, I hope not, because this kid's coming out right now. So I was born on February 26th of a leap year. And I think it'd be kind of cool, actually. You know, how old are you? I've always I've ten, always wondered that, right? right? Like 10, like Tyrese can say six. Yeah, I, I don't, I've always wondered, is it cool? I mean, it's very special. The other thing I've always wondered, too, is how do you celebrate it? Do you celebrate it on the 28th every year or on March 1st? I'm guessing it's the 28th 28th, that you celebrate it on when you're growing up, right? Because you're you're a February baby. The the Today Show had an army of leap year birthdays on on their show today. It was actually kind of – it was neat to see. Like, hey, how old are you? 12? Really? (laughs) It's just just odd. But so our producer, Tara Slajewski, had had a great idea. Cam, I need some music for this one. Um, What is going to happen – between now and four years from now, the next leap year, uh, when February 29th hits. And so this I, is pre- predictions for the next four years yeah. in sports, then. Number one is I hit the Powerball. Okay. That's, right. well, that, th- that's going to happen. Then you won't be sitting here with me. That's for damn no, sure. No, but I will have my own hibachi grill in my in my backyard, <laughs> right? And, and yes. Which you, you told that we story earlier. That. Somebody that you knew – has a hibachi, full-on, like, 12-seater hibachi grill in their yep. backyard. The dude is a billionaire, and, and mm-hmm. I've now stolen that idea. It has now climbed into my top ten things that I will do when I hit the Powerball. So by the time Leap Year hits again in four years, I will have hit the Powerball, and it would have been a privilege to have worked with you. Which means that there will no longer be an Amber and Ian <laughs> in four years either because Ian will be riding off into the sunset with his hibachi grill. I'm gone. Do you have a sports one? Charlie Woods wins a PGA Tour event. Okay. Tiger Woods' Charlie son, Woods played in his old? first one, did not make the cut, obviously. He's 15 now. He'll be 19 Gosh. then. That's higher math, even six and a half years at Bama. I can do that math. Charlie Woods, Tiger Woods' son, 
will have won a PGA Tour event by the age of 19 in the At next 19, leap year. That's a big ask. I would say maybe two leap years from now or leap days from now, but I think the next one in four years is a tall ask, even if you are Tiger Woods' son. Uh, that's a pretty good one, though. I like that one. Uh, I will stay on the nepotism train, and I will say that Bronny James will not have played a game in the NBA with LeBron James. Not oh, that Bronny will have played a game in the NBA. No, calm down. That Bronny and LeBron will not have played together. I've always thought that that was LeBron, as much as I'm sure he'd like to play with his son. I've always thought that was more about LeBron, frankly, trying to puff up Bronny's draft stock and help out his son than being realistic about his chances of being able to end up where Bronny is. And obviously, everyone wants Bronny to end up in the best situation for himself and however long that means during his tenureship in college and when he comes to the NBA. And there's a lot of things that would have to fall into place for those two to play together. It seems a bit unrealistic that it's actually going to come to fruition, although it would be a cool story if it did. I've got another. Patrick Mahomes will have won another Super Bowl. I'm not going to go more than one, though, and I'm not going to use the word only because that is – it drives me insane when people say, well, Aaron Rodgers only has one ring or Brett Favre only won one. I mean, it is so hard to win a game in the NFL, much less a Super Bowl. Ask Dan Marino. He got to one his rookie year and never made it back again. So, that it's like fingernails on a chalkboard for me when people say, well, he only won one, but – Patrick Mahomes will have another Super Bowl ring, but I don't believe it will be more than one. Okay, that's interesting. Uh, I will say that Harbaugh, but the Harbaugh now with the Los Angeles Chargers, will find his team in a Super Bowl over the next four years. I'm not saying he's going to win it. I'm not saying Jim's going to win it. I'm just saying, just saying, they'll be in a Super Bowl in the next four years. I can see that. By the way, when you look at all the talent that Michigan had this year, Mm Mm-hmm. You know, as you know, I talked to the same four scouts before every every college game that we call, and all of them said that Michigan will have close to, if not more than twenty players drafted this year. That that is going to shatter Georgia's record of fifteen set in twenty twenty two. How many Wild. Michigan guys are going to end up on the Chargers? Right. Like if Blake Corum is sitting there in the fourth round and they they need a running back, I mean, or even the third round, you think Harbaugh's pouncing on that in a heartbeat. And I, I guarantee you this. Now you got me on, on a on a on a draft Harbaugh type tangent. <laughs> he is going to go and get some monsters. Meaning he's going to build that team inside out. They already have a lot of talent there. That Telesco left him as their former general manager. But I guarantee you, it's going to be offensive and defensive line. It's not going to be flash for Herbert. It's going to be protecting Herbert and punishing and trying to get pressure on Patrick Mahomes. Watch. He's going to build that team inside out, guts out. I guarantee it. Well, you and I are on the same page there, thinking that they're going to be headed the right direction. I'm not saying it's happening next year. I just think over the next four years that that'll be a pretty good team because that was an excellent hire. I tried to not go too homerific with my takes here. So I I will say that the Florida Panthers will win a Stanley Cup. Now, the Florida Panthers are the team that I did cover for a long time when I was on local in Miami. I wouldn't say I'm necessarily a Panthers fan per se. It kind of depends which way the wind blows because I've been known to go to lightning games because I'm over here now and also wear a lightning hat. So in my closet, I have a Florida Panthers hat. This is, I know, sacrilege. I have a Florida Panthers hat and I have a lightning hat. And so it kind of depends. What? (laughs) Depends which venue I am at. It's (laughs) damn near illegal. You should be prosecuted. I'm not 
a big hockey person. I'm a Floridian. So, I don't hold, know much hold about on hockey. A so I'm Ta- sorry, I'm a front runner. So when Tampa was going back to back, right? Front running. Oh, at least you admit it. At le- I mean, I- I'll give you credit for at least admitting, yeah, front. <laughs> With pride, running. front running. Well, so I do think hockey, though the. I think the Florida Panthers, I mean, you're seeing it this season with them. I don't think it's outlandish to say that in the next four years they could win a Stanley Cup. If we're going to go pucks uh, in, in the next four years, but the next time we ha- the, the next leap year hits, I can damn near guarantee you my beloved Blue Jackets of Columbus will not have won a playoff series still oh, to this well. day. Yeah, that's, that seems like a safe bet on your part. Oh. Well, they make the playoffs in the next four years. <laughs> I used to like you, Tara. I really did. Uh, that was a shot. She does it all the time. It's a, it's a question. Probably not. Thanks. Appreciate it. Hey, we, end, we ended the Rangers 10-game win streak. Thank you very much. We got that done. I will, will I will say that in the next four years, we will see the disappointing end to Aaron Rodgers' career because I do not expect that the New York Jets are going to be able to get anything done with him championship-wise. Yeah, well, I, I, and he damn sure won't be playing in four years. Correct. That's why yeah. it feels pretty safe, like a pretty that, safe prediction. <laughs> that's as safe a bet as my Blue Jackets not winning a playoff series. Well, no, because they could win a Super Bowl theoretically in the next two, but it seems really unlikely to me. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm going to go that my, my brother wins a Super Bowl before Aaron if, uh, before if Aaron Rodgers is playing in, in the next Seattle? four years. Your I don't know if he'll be in Seattle. Seattle. Who knows where he'll be? But, yeah, he's in Seattle now, so hopefully. Maybe, the, yeah, there you go. We'll go Seahawks. Okay. All right, we'll go yeah. see how. Yeah, see, will your brother be on the same staff for the next four years? I hope so. He's, I, he's getting tired. Of, I mean, he's keeping some moving companies in business. Oh, it's, right. a, it's a rough business. He had a great six-year run in Detroit, and then after that it's been Vandy for two years, Arizona Cardinals for two years, Carolina for one, and now Seattle. It's like this business. I remember when I was in college and going into this business, they told us, to expect to move 10 times in your first five years in broadcasting. Yeah, I went Birmingham to ESPN as, as a producer, then back to Birmingham at WJOX, then to Columbus, Ohio with Herb Street for four years. That was a good run. Salt Lake City, uh, living in Park City, that was awesome, by the way, for two years. Dallas, then to Dallas to Birmingham, and then back to ESPN Dallas, and now I'm still here. But on, a, duck, uh, but on a network. And, yeah. you still got, and you still made all those stops and went all yeah. those places. Yeah. So it's one of those types of businesses. Not for the faint of heart by any means. I will say that Caleb Williams will not, in the next four years, be the best quarterback that we've ever seen in our lifetimes. <laughs> <laughs> will he be the that's best one out of this draft? T- that's how people talk about him. I think that that's an interesting question. I would almost lean towards no, but... Look, this is – I mean, Dan Orlovsky likes Jaden Daniels. Tim Hasselback yeah. likes Drake May. I, I mean, I like Caleb Williams. We just had Jordan Reed on. He likes Caleb Williams. Kuiper likes Caleb Williams. It's a, it's all in the eye of the beholder right now. But, to but say if you're playing the numbers game, right, You like theoretically, it's Caleb Williams or the field in that hypo that you just gave me. Pretty much. Field has better odds, really, realistically speaking, if I had to put my money one place over the next four years. 